You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's party time. Put the kids to bed. It's going to get crazy. Actually, you can leave them up. I, I, uh, I usually bleep stuff out. I don't know. Parental discretion is advised. Anyways, we are, again, uh, light on calls. I'm going to have to get back to doing the old... You know, topic of the day thing. Not that anybody ever listened, but it's just something to kind of spark a little something. something. But uh, let's see what we can do. Let's see how far we can get here. Let's uh, start off with Jim from Arkansas. Hey, Ryan. Hey. This is Jim from Arkansas. Hello. Calling. How are you? Hey, I know there's, there's a ton of things going on. You know, seeing Roger Thumb and Jair playing bad and, and don't know what kind of uh, performance we're going to get out of our, our receivers week to week and you know, it, it kind of got me thinking. Um, I, I know you don't like vegetables, but I've never really gotten an opinion from you on fruit. Okay. Uh, what What is your favorite fruit, Ryan? Mm. And with uh, Thanksgiving coming up, uh, you know, most pies are made from fruit. Yep. Um, so, you know, let me know what, what's your favorite pie. What kind of pies do you like in general? Oh, man. All right. Take it easy, man. Later. We don't even need, we, we could get by with like three calls. In fact, we might be done after this call. We're talking about pies and dessert and stuff, even fruit. Sometimes fruit can be kind of good. Fruit is one of those things where my general demeanor toward fruit is, nah, I'd rather not. And fruit is, I, I, it is a fickle thing. First of all, as weird as it sounds, apples physically make me sick. I like apples, but... They make. I, I tried Googling it. I tried looking around. I, it's very hard to find anything. I found something somewhere that said there might be something in the skins that could make some people sick. Maybe it's some kind of an allergy. I don't know. But it makes me feel sick to my stomach. I can usually power through it. And, and like apple desserts and everything are completely fine, which a lot of those are peeled. But there's also 60 pounds of sugar and stuff on it. But super underrated fruit is oranges or tangerines. It kind of goes back and forth. If I'm eating a lot of oranges... I love oranges, and then you go to tangerines, like, ah, these are kind of trash. If you're eating tangerines, then you switch to oranges. It's kind of like oranges are kind of trash, but really, really good. Love oranges. Pineapple is phenomenal. You know what's annoying? I typed in best fruits just to kind of, like, get a list to make sure I'm not missing anything, and everything is about health. Dude, not everything's about being healthy, all right? Sometimes food just tastes good. I want somebody, I want a fat, see, this is the thing, fat people don't do fruit rankings. I need a fat guy ranking. Like, if I said best pizza, there wouldn't be any question about this. They'd be ranking restaurants. I'd be ranking toppings. I'd be ra- You know what I mean? Nobody's saying, you know, most carb-friendly pizzas. Just give me a list of fruit, you moron. Even the pictures say, what are the healthiest fruits? You're an idiot. Um, strawberries are amazing. But, like, with all fruits, it really depends on ripeness. Sometimes you get those like really big strawberries that are like, ooh, these look amazing, but they're just giant and massive and not super ripe, and they just taste really bland. They're tolerable, but they're eh. But you get a really like perfectly ripe strawberry, oh my goodness. Raspberries, crazy good. Watermelon, any kind of melon I think is kind of trash. I know watermelon's super popular. It's fine. I can tolerate watermelon. 
But melon just has this weird melony taste, which makes sense because it's melon. Don't like it. Blueberries, nah. Blueberry muffins, amazing. Blueberries, eh. I used to be obsessed with kiwi when I was a kid. I've tried it as an adult. It's fine. Not not nearly as obsessed. Uh, bananas are good. Super underrated. I mean, I mean for me. Every time it's like, you want a banana? It's like, dude, I don't want a freaking... Who, who eats bananas? That's dumb. We got any cookies or brownies or pizza or anything? Who wants to eat a banana? But then you eat a banana, it's like, these are pretty good. I forgot that these are good. But yeah, I'm, I'm down on fruit. I, I, I don't... Fruit, fruit is definitely one of those weird things where um, I never want it, and then when I eat it, it's like, this is really good. Grapes. Grapes are good. Uh, if we're talking pies, it's hard to beat an apple. Just straight up apple pie, super good. See, watch, I, best, I bet I type in best fruit pies and they don't do stupid stuff like health. Stupid health. 25 best fruit pies. Here we go. Japanese fruit pie. These lists are always stupid. What, is, what even is that? Key lime is good. Pineapple cream pie. What? You know what else is really good? Because, you know, a, a pie and a crumble and all that, it's all kind of the same thing. It's just different things. We got peaches from the peach truck. Man. Peach cobbler, peach crumble, whatever you want to call it. Crazy good. Throw a little ice cream on it. Not much of a peach guy, but you get the, like, the Georgia peaches. Super sweet. Dude. Oh, banana cream pie. That's a good pie right there. You are getting me too excited about stuff. Apple pie, I said. Strawberry rhubarb. I was like 15 years old when I realized rhubarb was a, was a uh, vegetable. And I don't know if I've had rhubarb pies since, but... um. That is some unbelievably good pie. I have a feeling rhubarb pie is similar to like when people make, what is that called? Um, it's not avocado. It's not cucumber. Is it cucumber? Cucumber bread or something? It's like chocolate chip muffin bread, but they put vegetables in it. It's like, isn't that good? It's like, it just tastes it's like, why are you even putting that in here? I don't know. Is rhubarb sweet or are we just slipping vegetables that nobody wants into pie? Is this like a marketing ploy from the rhubarb farmers who are going out of business? They made a strawberry pie and hid some rhubarb in it. Like, try our rhubarb pie. I don't know. What does rhubarb taste like? What Does anybody ever in the history of the world ever bought rhubarb and used it for anything other than rhubarb pie? How do you even make rhubarb pie? Rhubarb is like red celery. What the? I don't know. It's so weird. Saskatoon berry. What is that? Oh, maybe Goose knows it's Canadian. Cherry probably I'd do without. I'm not a big cherry. Like, I like cherries by themselves. I don't really like cherries in anything else, though. Every time I get something cherry, I'm, like, picking the cherries out. Like, eh, not not big on the cherries. Same with blueberry pie. Not, not, mm, I'll eat it. Not my fave. Gooseberry pie looks like peas, and that's disgusting. Fig pie. I mean, I like Fig Newton, so I'd try it. Plum pie. Oh, come on. Now you're being stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to a plum. I, I, I don't mind plums, honestly. Have I? Yeah. Yeah, plums, plums are okay. But that sounds disgusting. A plum pie? Why? Grape pie? Pear pie? Watermelon pie? Yeah, we're just, we're getting into stupid stuff now. So yeah, I, uh, I think I covered it. It's about it. It's where I'm at. I dig it. Fruit is fine. Fruit as a dessert can be some of the best things known to mankind. And like I said, when we had those peaches and I was making that peach crumble, that was like some of the best stuff in the world. Easiest thing in the world to make. I would, as soon as the pan ran out, I'd just clean the pan, chop up some peaches, make a, make a batch of the crumble, which is just like, uh, what is it, brown sugar, flour, and butter? Mix it up. I think it's equal parts. I'm not positive. I mean, the flour and brown sugar, I'm not positive, though. And then I just keep dumping in butter until it's like the right consistency. But uh, yeah, so. Thanksgiving got me like, what? Trevor, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Trevor here. Hey. Uh, I'm going to have two calls for you. One, first one here is going to be in Fantasyland. The second one is going to be a real question. I like so, it. Um, I think it's hilarious that the Vikings got crushed 40-3 to three to the Cowboys. That is hilarious, um, yes. So let's just live in the land of make-believe because as much as I know to my core this season's over, yeah. there's still that part of me that, you know, Secretly has hope that we're going to turn it around, no matter how unlogical it is. That's just I get it. The way I am until we're actually eliminated, I'm going to believe it's probably, might might still happen. But yep. So everybody doesn't need to come after me that I'm a positive fan or anything. I just it's all good. I man. just can't can't stop it. So anyway, let's make the assumption that we win all of our games from here to go okay. ten and seven. 
do we really believe that that Vikings team we saw yesterday is incapable of going two and five and having the same record as us? And beyond that, if we're assuming we go undefeated, that means we beat the Vikings. That means right. the games that we don't control, we only need them to go two and four. Um, I, I don't see that as completely out of this world possibility with that team we saw. And that, that's what the Vikings do. You know, they collapse. Right. Um, the biggest thing is then, I don't know if there's a way we win the tiebreaker. Uh, head-to-head, we split so we don't win that. Then you go to division. If they lost to us and the the Lions and the Bears, because they play us each once, we would have the better division record, so we'd win right there. But if they split with the Lions and Bears, which is more likely, um, then we go to common opponents, which we have quite a few of, but I'm not sure if we'd win that. I haven't looked at it that close. I looked at it a little bit. I mean, the good thing is they lost to the Cowboys and the Eagles. We beat the Cowboys. We could beat the Eagles, and then I know they still have, like, the Patriots, Giants, Jets, so we'd really, we need to lose to the Patriots for sure. Anyway, long shot, but, I mean, there's a way we win the tiebreaker and get the division with that Vikings team we saw. And so, I know this is highly improbable. We're just living in the land of make-believe, uh, just for fun. But anyway, up next, I have some real questions for you about more serious topics. All right, so let's do that. I'm using my little simulator here, and I got the Packers winning out the rest of the season. Puts us at 10 and seven. The Vikings would only need to win two games to get to 10 and seven. This, no, that's not, I'm on the wrong week here. I was going to say, they're not playing the Jets. The Bears are playing the Jets. So we would have to beat the Eagles, right? But we'll just, we'll ignore all the, the stuff the Packers are doing. We're just saying for fun that that already happened. We don't even need to discuss it. The uh, Vikings, where are the Vikings at? They're playing the Patriots. I could see, Patriots are on a bit of a run. All right, so they lose. Lions are playing the Bills. They should lose. We'll ignore all the AFC stuff, but we'll go through the NFC and see how this pans out. Bears play the Jets. Justin Fields might be down for the year. Jets might be starting a competent quarterback this week, so I'm just going to say the Jets win. Although Justin Fields being out might make them have a better quarterback too, but we'll leave that alone. They don't. They can't run the ball, which is what their entire offense has become. Uh, don't care. Let's say, I don't know, Tampa. Sure, Tampa wins. We'll, we'll adjust that if it becomes a problem. Uh, Seahawks win because I don't care. Chargers, Chiefs beat the Rams. Dallas, let's say Dallas loses to the Giants. 49ers beat the Saints. Falcons beat Washington or whatever. It doesn't super matter. All right, so at this point, actually, let me undo the Packers stuff so I can do this as we go along. All right, so at the conclusion of that, the Packers would be in second place in the division at five and seven. The uh, Lions falling to four and seven. The Bears falling to three and nine. And even if you had the Bears winning the game, it wouldn't change anything. They'd still be in fourth. So for fun, I'm just going to say they beat the Jets just because it's funny to realize it doesn't matter at all. But the Packers are currently the 10th seed. Still got a ways to go. All right, next week, Packers beat the Bears. I do think that's a very reasonable expectation. Let's say Washington beats the Giants. Just trying to do stuff that's favorable for the Packers. Let's say the Rams beat Seattle. Uh, let's have Tampa drop one to the Saints because that seems to be a thing that happens regularly. Fired up Colts team beats Dallas. Uh, Dolphins beat 49ers. Eagles, I think, are in a bit of a tailspin. They almost lost to the Colts. I'm going to say the Titans beat them. Uh, Falcons win. I'll give one to the Lions because who cares? Vikings, Jets. Boy, oh boy, are we saying they lose to the Jets? I'm going to give them a win because I know we get to 10. Man, then we got the Vikings, Lions. I have to say the Lions win on that one because we're trying to catch them. Packers and the Bears both have a bye. Pick a couple of these other NFC games. Packers, believe it or not, are still the 10th seed, but now the Lions, because they beat the Vikings, are now second in the division, also at 6-7. and seven. Packers beat the Rams. Eagles stomp out the Bears. Lions lose to the Jets because, I don't know, everybody's got to play them. Vikings, Colts, jeez, they got to... I'm telling you, man, they don't have... I know the Colts are kind of fired up and everything, but I, I have to have them lose to the Colts, I guess. After beating the Rams and going through a couple other things, the Packers are now the eighth seed at seven and seven, second in the division, two games behind the Vikings. Now we got the Packers beating the Dolphins, Vikings losing to the Giants. Eh, we'll say the Lions win because who cares at this point? Buffalo stomps out the Bears. We'll pick a couple of these other ones. We are still the eighth seed, having a hard time knocking off Seattle. I just had Seattle lose to the Chiefs, and they're still ahead of us. 
Then we got Packers Vikings. That's a big one because that puts us at nine and seven. And the Packers actually go ahead of the Vikings uh, due to other tiebreakers or whatever. Because obviously we've split, so doesn't matter what seed you are when you win the division. So at this point we're the number three seed. And now the Vikings drop to eight below Seattle. So now they're out of the playoffs. Man, would that just be the funniest thing in the world? And just for fun, I'll have the Vikings beat the Bears, but the Packers beat the Lions. That puts them at 10 and 7. You know what else is kind of funny, though? What if the Packers don't win this many, but also the Vikings lose more? Looks like the Packers, depending on who beats who or whatever, but it looks like the Packers have a good shot of winning the tiebreaker. So we just need to win as many games. So if the Vikings win three games, they win the division. It's over. Because we can't win enough for that. But um, yeah, that, that that's essentially what it is. If we go undefeated, the Vikings lose two. The Vikings can lose two and then... We would still, I think, depending on, again, who, who beats who, have a shot. If we lose one, the Vikings will have to lose three. Possibly four, again, depending on the tiebreakers. But yeah, it, it, it is a really big long shot just because it's going to be hard to get into the playoffs if we don't win the division. Because teams like the Seahawks and the Giants and the Cowboys have these pretty well locked up. Um, depending on what the Seahawks do. I don't really know what they're doing recently. I know they have been doing well. But the Vikings losing a bunch of games seems really unlikely because they just don't have a super difficult schedule at all. They've got the Bears. Um, they've got, where are they? Oh, the well, the Packers. They've got uh, the Giants. They've got the Colts. They've got the Lions. They got the Jets. I mean, it's it's all they, the Patriots might be kind of tough, but um, I get it. I get it. We'll just have to see how it goes, I guess. But let's go ahead and get out of fantasy land, Trevor. What else you got for me, man? All right, um, I'm back. I know you missed me so much. So with Denver and Nathaniel Hackett, I yeah. think it's looking more and more likely that he gets fired uh, in Denver. And I mean, how crucial was Nathaniel Hackett actually to our offense and our uh, whole team. So I don't know that he was. Maybe we're just worse this year, but I mean, how often does it happen that a offensive coordinator, a defense coordinator gets hired away for head coaching job, gets fired, and then goes back? I know, I'm pretty sure Josh McDaniels did it with the Patriots. Yeah, it's true. But I don't know if there's any other examples. What do, you, do you think there's any odds Hackett gets fired, we bring him back in to be our offensive coordinator again? I would borderline say it's a very high probability. I mean, what what's a better option for him? He just got embarrassed out in Denver. He's not going to be a hot commodity. I mean, maybe as an offensive coordinator, there could be there could be a line. Well, you know what? Here's, I guess here would be the complication. We would essentially be firing or demoting Stenovich. Do we have the backbone to do that, to go to Stenovich and say, we would like to give you your old job back, but you will not be the offensive coordinator going forward? I honestly think that's the biggest hurdle because I, I, I would imagine although Hackett might be in demand. The other issue is, I think a lot of teams might be looking at Hackett and say, he's nothing special. That was Matt LaFleur's offense, right? I mean, it's it's one thing to just be the offensive coordinator under a guy that's running the offense. He wasn't running the offense. Matt LaFleur was. So I don't know. I don't know what his demand would be, but if the Packers wanted him back, I don't know why that wouldn't be his best option because if his goal is to be a head coach somewhere at some point again, if he wants a second crack at it, because a lot of guys get second cracks at it, you need to go back and you need to be successful, right? McDaniel, it took him a long time, but he went back to the Patriots. Why? Because the Patriots are going to be successful. And it's his best... I mean, he was with the Jaguars and they sucked. Talking about Hackett. So why take a job as an offensive coordinator somewhere where you don't know what's going to happen? You don't know the outcome. You don't know how it's going to go. Go back to Green Bay. (sighs) This isn't your question, so I won't necessarily run with it. But how much of the offensive issues really do have to do with coaching? As I went back and watched it, we're seeing the run game is better than it was last year in my opinion, significantly. We have way more explosive plays. Jones looks incredible. I think the offensive line is actually coming along. As much as we're saying Stenovich leaving has caused a problem with the offensive line, I mean, Elton Jenkins is not what he was, but Bakhtiari looks phenomenal. 
I think Josh Myers is still what he was. I think Runyon is still what he was. He's a pass blocker, not a run blocker. I think Yash Nyman is still what he was. You're seeing that over the last two to three weeks, the pass blocking has gone up and the run blocking is still quite good. I know Tennessee was a little rough, but it's Tennessee. That's what they do. Um, I think we, we have rookie receivers and young receivers, new receivers, and that's causing problems. But we're also seeing these guys getting open. And, you know, it's not... It's not that they're not being schemed open. It's not that they're not calling the right place. Sometimes that may be the case. Um, but I think more often than not, whether it be timing, pressure, or Rodgers just making mistakes, we're not getting the ball where it needs to be when guys are open, but guys are getting open. So that, that would be another thing to consider. Is this actually an offensive coaching scheme play-calling failure, and we need to move on from Stenovich and try to get hack it back and that's going to fix everything or are there other deeper seated issues here such as rogers fell off Devonte left lazard somehow slumped elton fell off right a lot of players across the board are, are, are and if that's the case it's unlikely that Hackett is going to be the thing that gets them back on track maybe i don't know just worth thinking about uh i mean why not right worked worked, worked well last time um i think that would make a lot of sense to me, you know, because we obviously need a change. And like you said, I don't, I don't know if the guy who's the offensive coordinator now, I don't, I don't even know his damn name, but he was a good uh, offensive line coach. Will you take a demotion back? Probably not also. Probably just have to part ways at that point, which is a bummer. Um, but, yeah, uh, is there any possibility of that happening? Uh, let me know what you think. Yeah, I mean, I kind of just went over it. Um, I, I honestly believe – as crazy as it sounds, the biggest hindrance is the Packers aren't going to want to fire Stenovich. I think they really like Stenovich. They know he has a lot of promise. He's a first-time offensive. You know, he hasn't done that before, so he needs a little bit of time, and I think they're going to give him... I don't think they're going to fire him after a year. Maybe they will. You know, again, things... When the season is this bad, the team's going to get heavy-handed, and you're going to see Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekunst start to come in and uh, start to dictate a little bit and say, no, we're going to need some bigger changes because that was kind of BS. Um, that's kind of unacceptable. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what the plan is, but I I would – I mean, I can't put a percentage on it because I'm not sure, but I, I, I think it's a not terrible percentage just because it makes sense for both teams. The Packers would probably want him back, and it would make sense that he would want to come back. Hey, Pack Daddy, this is Garrett the Mailman. Hey. I just wanted to uh, give a few comments about... I love how people comment with their occupation. We got Omar the Firefighter. We got Garrett the Mailman. We got Joe the Janitor. <laughs> I love it. The games happened yesterday since the Packers didn't play and we were able to sit back and relax. Uh, I think uh, instead of... Kirk Cousins going bare-chested and throwing chains on him this time. Maybe they ought to throw some yellow pigtails and, uh, and a skirt and roll them around in the in the locker room. <laughs> got to be careful with that, man. I, I remember this was years ago, before I realized the world had become so sensitive. I had no idea. We, we, we went, I don't know, I, I went through high school, I went through college, and it was just, you just talk trash all the time, and like guys talk to guys like that all the time, and... I go over to Packers.com, and Vic Ketchman writes an article, and I forget exactly what it was, but I made some kind of a comment on there, um, something like maybe he should take up ballet, something to imply that he was a girl. It was like a football player. I don't remember. It was, it was, it was in my opinion, a very benign comment. Like, it was just kind of a, <laughs> got him. Everybody lost their minds. How dare you? That is so insulting. I'm like, this is a group of dudes talking about football, right? That's what we're doing right now. This is this is like a couple hundred dudes hanging out talking football. And I made the most like softball nothing comment. I don't I don't know who these people are that are online because when I see guys and even the people that call in and we have conversations, it's nothing like you go online. And then you go online and guys are all like, oh, how dare you? They're cl pearl clutching all over the place. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Why are you being weird? Maybe you should wear a dress. How about that? Stop being offended. Freaks everywhere. 
So yeah, you're not allowed to say yellow pigtails in a skirt. It's offensive, Garrett. I won't put up with that on the Packernet podcast. How do you know people who have yellow pigtails and skirts aren't great football players? That's, you know, making some some pretty wild assumptions there, Garrett. Why don't you calm down? Have you studied this issue? Why don't you go do a research assignment and come back to me and then never talk to me because I blocked you? Okay, how about that? Zero correlation between skirts and football talent. Do you know the Scottish wear kilts that are basically skirts? Did you know that? Are they are they not manly enough for you? Some of them have long hair. I've seen Vikings. Not the, not the football, the TV show. That was the moment I realized the world sucked when I, when I made that one, one very nothing comment online. And I've never made a comment since. <laughs> and now, now Twitter, for example, has gotten so bad. I, I, you can't say anything. I'm not even talking offensive. You can't tweet a single thing without somebody coming in and just being a total D-bag. Uh, actually, how dare you? How about shut up and leave me alone forever? You dork. All that, again, Garrett, to, this, this is your first warning, okay? Everybody gets, everybody gets three warnings, okay? We have PC warnings. Garrett, you get your first PC warning. Not allowed to say pigtails and skirts. Please be careful with your words moving forward. And uh, as far as Dallas, man, wow, dude, it's like kind of puts in perspective how some teams just have other teams' numbers. I can't believe Green Bay actually beat those guys. That's kind of what I was expecting when we played them was that kind of a game. So, you know, it's just every given Sunday, you never know what's going to happen. Never know. And uh, as far as the Bears are concerned, uh, watching that game at the end, they kept throwing uh, – Fields back into the game, man. He was limping with a hamstring and then shoulder. After Apparently now the, the word on the street is that he is a dislocated shoulder. And uh, he's day-to-day. He could be playing the rest of the year. He might be done for the year. I, I have not heard anything further, but that is the breaking news. But he, he played apparently with a dislocated shoulder. So props to Justin Fields. I give him a lot of crap, and for good reason, because he sucks at being a quarterback. But... Um, yeah, it's uh, Justin Fields isn't rolling around in pigtails and a skirt, I'll tell you that much. That one hit out of bounds, they kept throwing him back in there. It's like, man, he's like disposable uh, income, throwing him back in there. It's like, ah, oh, we don't care what happens. And it's like, I don't know if they really are invested in the guy when they keep throwing him back in there like that. And it was, it was a game that was not winnable. And for them to throw him back in there and stuff, I was like, man, throwing a towel for crying out loud. It's like... I couldn't believe that they were doing it. I was just shaking my head. It's like, what are you guys looking at here, man? It's like somebody throw in the towel. And as far as the rest of the game is concerned, not too many surprises, but uh, I just, it's one of those things where just you're just not emotionally invested when Packers aren't playing, and it's just a uh, ho-hum kind of game sometimes. So, oh, well, have a good one, Ryan. Yeah, I... um I saw just on Twitter recently, Shady McCoy did a video. I'll play it for you, because why not? Actually, this isn't the clip that I wanted to play, but this is also hilarious, so we're going to do this one first. I like this. Real quick, because I, 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 I don't want to say I'm hating, but i got to be honest. You're, you're hating. The, the problem with this team is, I'm being serious, the problem with this team is they can run the ball well. They have some pretty good running backs, right? Mm-hmm. Montgomery is a, is a baller, like right? Herbert's a baller, too. They all can run the ball. The problem is when you stop these guys and they can't run the ball and you make him throw... That's the issue because now anybody to throw to. One second. Now and have anybody to throw to. All the play action taking these. He looks exactly like he sounds. By the way, shots deep or that's not that's not rude. What I just said. Or 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 the or the, or the um um the zone fakes with, with the tight end uh selling back. You know everybody does that little play. You saw the run and the, and the tight end's wide open. Leak so play, baby. You can't the leak. You can't do that when you can't run the ball. So when they can't run the ball, he looks like you know picks. Six, uh, one and six in seven games. That's, that's what it looks like when they can't run the ball. Everybody says. So, first of all, LaShawn McCoy is just trashing Justin Fields left and right. And these hosts hate it. They hate it so much because they're all Justin Fields defenders. How dare you say this? And LaShawn doesn't care because LaShawn apparently is just one of those guys that just calls it like he sees it. He's not picking teams. So, 
LaShawn says, and I've said this about the Packers too, it's the same situation, but the Bears are even more so. The ba- we saw how historically bad the Bears are, but the thing is they became so good at running the ball, not just with Montgomery and their offensive line, but with their quarterback. That's opening up the passing. When a team's able to stop them from running, they're dead. They're dead, they're garbage, they're trash. So yeah, you run and then you set up play actions that have guys coming wide open and Justin Fields can about 70% of the time not hit the dirt on a wide open guy. That's true. And I tell you what, there, there is there is nothing more hilarious than Bears fans defending Justin Fields. It, it's, it's the funniest thing in the world. Go on Twitter right now, say anything about Justin Fields. That's even, I posted on there, what's your favorite Justin Fields stat? And people are mad at me. I didn't say anything negative. I just said, what's your, or your favorite uh, Justin Fields passing stat? You're a hater. Why? Why don't you just tell me your favorite stat? Is it because you know he doesn't have any? Just by asking the question, it makes you a hater because it's just kind of a known thing that he sucks at throwing? Is that what you're implying? I don't see anybody who had one guy post a stat that had mostly to do with his rushing touchdowns. So anyways, here's the clip I was trying to find. I saw Bears Nation was going at your neck on Twitter. They always do. What do you have to say to them now that once again, Justin Fields lost his fourth straight game? I'll say this. Bear fans... Uh, to the camera. To the camera. No, no, I don't want to see me. I just want to see Shady. Yeah. See you now. I'm not nervous. So you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Thank you. Not even America. Bear fans, right? He's only thrown the ball for 20 yards once this whole year. For the record, he said 200, not 20. Bears fans, they're, they're trying to dunk on him like, you idiot, Google is free. He threw for, so then, then they're like bragging about how many times he threw for more than 20 yards on a pass. It's 200 yards this season. One time is what he said, and it's absolutely correct. And so I went down the comments being super petty, and I was like, he said 200, he said 200, he said 200. <laughs> I can't help it, man. Right? I mean, if you want to win, you keep talking about putting pieces around them. The real piece should do this. Go out there and get a quarterback. Obviously, you're going to have a first-round draft pick. Obviously. Go get one of them young boys. You can hear the host sighing. They're so mad that he's saying this about Justin Fields. Coming out. It's, it's Ohio State, Alabama. It's a couple guys, right? Go out there and get your quarterback. And then you ask pieces around him. A guy can throw the ball. Please. If you want to win this game, your quarterback can't keep running around like that. He's going to get hurt. I played with a guy named Michael Vick. Now, Michael Vick can throw the ball. I love Shady throws so much shade. It's hilarious. He said, I played with a guy named Michael Vick. Now, he could throw the ball, implying, obviously, that Justin Fields cannot. But when he would run a lot, he would get nicks, his hand, his shoulder, his rib. So let's stop running as much and start throwing the ball. If not, he's young and fast and elusive, but them injuries start adding up. So Bear fans, don't kill me. Go get your quarterback. I, I saw Bears Nation. So, again, he's, what he's saying is exactly what you were saying. The injuries. The guys, he's already racking them up. He had multiple, he's getting hit behind the line constantly, and he's constantly getting hit because he's running so much. I mean, Bears fans want to trash the offensive line. He's, he's, his time to throw is the slowest in the NFL. It's like three and a half seconds on average. Whatever happened to 2.5 seconds? His average is 3.44. When he played against Detroit, his average time to throw was 4.25 seconds. He's only had one game where his time to throw was less than three seconds, and it was 2.89. 2.89 is where Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts and Kenny Pickett are tied for eighth slowest release. Eighth slowest. So his best game would rank the eighth worst as far as his release. And what's hilarious is they're saying this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The only thing he said is he's only thrown 200 yards once this season, which is verifiable, and that he's, he's well, he can't throw, which, again, I put it out there, give me one stat that's impressive as a passer. Can't find one. Nobody's posted anything. Bears fans are all over the place. If I post, if I were to just put on there right now, Justin Fields sucks, or Packers are better than the Bears, I'd get 700 comments. This would get circulated all over Bears Twitter. It'd blow up all over. They'd have all kinds of stuff to say. I don't see anything right now. I'm sitting here. I'm waiting. I'm still waiting. Let's see, when did I post this? It was an hour ago. One hour. And only one person posted something, and it had to do with his versatility, which he doesn't have any, and he scored 10 touchdowns in 10 quarters, which was not throwing. A lot of that was rushing. I know, because he scored 10 touchdowns over his last, I think, six games. But he is. He's injured. 
He's already injured. And they're like, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. He's injured right now. He might be done for the season. This guy already in year two has multiple injuries, including one that might shut him down for the year. And you're talking about he's the quarterback of the future. He's going into year three and is already getting injured and hasn't figured out how to throw the football. And, and you're confident in that? In being that one-dimensional, that, that this is going to work? This is, this is sustainable long-term? I don't think so. Anyways, we are uh, probably should have taken a break before this. We've only got a couple calls on the other side, but why don't we go ahead and take a break here. Packernet.com, or, well, yeah, you can go there if you want. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you'd like to support me directly. Uh, Patreon, uh, already said that. Long day. What are we doing? Oh, Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry. You can check them out at FertileGroundRanch.org. Please consider checking them out, donating, contributing, supporting in any way you possibly can. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, Ryan. So, it's Monday. Hey. Uh, yeah. Um, I got a question. All right. How many waves of, let's say, fifth graders do you think you could beat before you had a, before they overtook you? Fifth graders? And by that, I mean, like, waves, though, start off with, you know, you get one. Okay. One wave comes in, it's one child. Okay. Two... The second wave, you get two children. Third wave. So, just you're, the the question essentially is, how many ten year olds could I take? Right. It's the same thing. But yeah, I get it. Three children. How many? Following that pattern, how many do you think that you could take on before they would just overwhelm you? I think that you could go for about a solid fifty six. And you know what? I'll let you have a baseball bat. Well, that changes things. All right, have fun with this. Bye. I, I couldn't do 56, that's for sure. Um, let's see, a, a fifth grader is what, 10? My son is 8. And I'll tell you what, my son and my 6-year-old daughter can, I mean, assuming we're not using physical violence, can uh, just about take me down. Because, you know, they start grabbing you and pulling you, and then the little one just grabs. All they got to do is grab your feet. You get two, you got two 10-year-olds grabbing your feet, and then you got like three or four grabbing at you. You get tripped. That, that's the thing is you get tripped up pretty easily. I mean, unless you're just in a dead sprint and you can stay away from them. But if you're in a confined space, they're just going to jump on you. It's like lions taking down a buffalo. You know, you, you, your feet can't move too good. Your arms can't really move because they got your arms. There's three or four of them grabbing each arm. I know 10 of them would get me down, for sure. Two of them I know I could take. Three, I mean, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm trying real hard, 
it's somewhere around five or six that it's going to start to get real complicated. That eventually they're going to grab you. Again, if we're talking physical violence, I could punch them off my legs for sure. And if I got a baseball bat, I mean, let's be completely honest, we, we could probably go through hundreds, but we're getting a little morbid at that point. So let's, let's say about five. If you don't believe me, go ask five, 10-year-olds. Uh, don't do that. That's <laughs> a terrible idea. Forget it. Let's just say five and we'll leave the question alone. Hey, what up? Hey. Two thoughts slash questions. Um, you were talking about uh, on the podcast about if the Packers get Devontae back. Yeah. I got another idea. What if the Packers traded Rodgers to the Raiders yep. for, say, Darren Waller and a first-round pick in yep. this year's draft? Be all right with me. Uh, what do they got to lose? Plus, the Raiders do stupid stuff all the time. So, you know, maybe they'll do it. Uh, second thing is, if the Packers... Hold up. Hold up. Um, yeah, so if that were a thing, and let's just say with the contract and everything else, it was just it was just a first-round pick and Darren Waller, just like you said it. That would be, and again, it would only cost us like $16 bucks to get him off the, the books. As of this moment we would have the number 11 pick and the number four pick in the draft if we did that. So now we got to ask, what are we going to do with those picks? We need a quarterback, but I don't know if I want a quarterback this year. I want a quarterback next year. Let's try the old mock draft simulator. I haven't done this yet this year. So Houston probably wants a quarterback. They They might not take a quarterback, but let's just say they do. Panthers, sure, let's let them take a quarterback. Then the Bears come in. They've been talking a lot about Will Anderson off the edge. I'm thinking for the Raiders pick, you go Jalen Carter, defensive tackle. I mean, he's a Georgia player, Georgia defensive player. And again, he was the guy where when Wyatt and uh, what's-his-name were on the defensive line, both of whom were first-round picks, they were saying there's a guy by the name of Jalen Carter that's better than both of them, and it was kind of stupid to assume that anybody could be better than those two guys, but apparently that was the case. Let's be honest, it'd be super dope to have Jalen Carter and Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker and Eric Stokes on the same defense. And look at that, I did the, the mock draft simulator and I got, uh, got the defensive tackle and look who's sitting here at us for 11, Quentin Johnson. Boom, done. Top five pick, getting an elite defensive tackle, following it up with the number one wide receiver in the draft. There you go, my first mock draft of the year. <laughs> I think I actually have done 2023, but this was back in probably March. Anyways, sorry, continue. Do fire LaFleur. This is kind of a multi-layer question, I guess. Well, my first thought is, hey, we need a head coach. Let's try to get Sean Payton because, uh, well, he's a great coach. Uh, follow-up question to that is, uh, if we hired an offensive-minded coach, what are the different offensive uh, systems going on right now and which ones are most successful. Just think of that and maybe kind of lead us to which teams we might try to, you know, pull an OC from for head coaching role, something like that. Um, yeah, love to hear some thoughts on that. Yeah, so this is more of a Clayton question. He's been doing a lot of work on this. Um, I can tell you this much. The top five teams in terms of yards, Kansas City, Miami, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Tampa. Yes, somehow Tampa. The problem with the schemes is that there, there's really, to my knowledge, there's, there's three schemes, but there's variance within them. You got West Coast, Air Coriel, and Earhart Perkins. Earhart Perkins is the Bill Belichick and everybody under him scheme. West Coast is the thing that's kind of all over the place. But again, Mike McCarthy technically somehow ran a West Coast. And I honestly don't know very much about Eric Coriel. It sounds cool, but that's about it. And then there's whatever the uh, the Arizona Cardinals are doing with the spread offense, which I think they're the only ones doing that. But I think usually what you see is the new revolutionary offenses are kind of revolutionary variants of the exact same things that have been circulating since forever. So when West Coast started to take over, obviously West Coast isn't new. It's been around forever. It's just how it's being utilized, for example, by Kyle Shanahan. But then you look at McVeigh, and he was also utilizing it in a very different way, but to similar effect. But Kansas City Chiefs, they're on the West Coast offense. Is it the same as the Packers West Coast? No, it's not. But it's a West Coast offense. At least I don't think it is. I don't know. Cincinnati Bengals with Zach Taylor, that is the same tree. That's the same thing as is, uh, he came from Sean McVeigh, just like uh, Matt LaFleur did. That is a very similar thing. 
Uh, I did find a site that kind of tries to break it down. They have, for example, Kansas City as a West Coast offense. They call the Packers a West Coast vertical offense. I don't know exactly what that means, but I have a feeling the vertical is sort of the thing that we consider the Aaron Rodgers part of the offense. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. Uh, Miami with Mike McDaniel. I'm assuming they're running a West Coast offense because it's coming out of San Francisco. When they had Brian Flores, who came from New England, they were running Earhart Perkins. So I, I think the labels are mostly nonsense. I'm, I'm combing through trying to find some kind of an answer, and everything says something a little bit different. Um, also, if you look at, I was watching, reading something else, they're talking about Andy Reid and how he has his roots in, in, in the air raid system. So he's technically in the West Coast category, but he has air raid roots. Um, I found a PFF article from 2021, and it kind of goes through and describes things, and it, it's, again, in pretty vague terms. For example, the Packers. It says the Packers under Matt LaFleur incorporated all the trappings of the so-called modern NFL offense and paired it with a Hall of Fame quarterback. They ran pre-snap motion at the sixth highest rate, blah, 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 blah. So that's how they kind of characterize the Packers offense. For the Chiefs, it says the Chiefs passing scheme is often based upon creating a weak side triangle by placing tight end Travis Kelsey as the isolated receiver on the backside of Tripp's formation, having Tyreek Hill as the innermost slot receiver, and releasing the running back to the weak side. So according to PFF, anyways, they kind of characterize it based on a personnel grouping that they like, and it creates mismatches. So so again, it's it's Andy Reid recognizing the talent that he has. I have Travis Kelsey, I have Tyreek Hill, I have the, and the best way to put them in this situation is to do this, which creates these mismatches. You can't just apply West Coast to it and say, this is, this is why we're winning, right? So I know Aaron Rodgers has talked a lot about how when defenses adjust, offenses have to adjust too. So there are these overarching rules as far as like these things moving forward are going to be more difficult based on the defenses. And these are the things that are going to be better and more profitable moving forward. But it still is going to come down to putting your guys in the best position to succeed. And that is personalized team to team. And yeah, you want to go out and try to get those guys. But if you can't, you still need to find a way to put them in their spot to succeed. So I don't know if I'm I'm sure there's something there's some kind of a buzzword or thing that's going to be taken over. It's hard to tell again, just by looking at this Kansas city is its own kind of West coast. Miami's running sort of the 49ers West coast Buffalo, I believe is Earhart Perkins. At least uh, it was, let's see what this thing says. I got a couple different things up right now. Uh, it says West coast. Uh, I don't know if this thing just says that for everything or what to what PFF has to say. So again, here here's what they say about the Bills. And the Bills obviously have a very good offense. And again, this isn't just they run West Coast. Here are the concepts or the concept that they go by. It says offensive coordinator Brian Dable has created the perfect attack for quarterback Josh Allen that to flourish in. Now, against this is specific to Josh Allen and the pieces that we have for him. But uh, and uh, and as Allen has taken his game to the next level, the offense has taken off. The team ranks 30th over 2018-2019 in EPA per play. Their run to the conference final in 2020 saw them place fifth in the same category. Dable has completely done away with any route stops over the middle of the field and relies on deep crossing routes that allow his receivers to run away from coverage on longer developing routes. Like most teams, the Buffalo Bills are a heavy user of 11 personnel, one running back, one tight end, but their quirk is how often they play their tight end as a pseudo fullback or H-back. Buffalo ran the fifth most formations that we chart as two-back in the regular season, even without having a real fullback like the team's uh, Patriots, Vikings, 49ers, Ravens ahead of them. They can create some deeper play-action concepts. So again, this is Brian Dable recognizing I've got a massive quarterback with a cannon. We've got some great speed. How can we best utilize this? And they found something that works great. And because it's a downfield aerial assault, they get a lot of yards, they get a lot of points, they get a lot of everything. Is it West Coast? Is it air? I don't know. You'd have to hear what play they're calling in the uh, in the huddle to know what they're... If it's ZX slant, BY chopper, chopper, flip, flappy, double ZX, T flippy, zippy, that's West Coast. If he says Jim happy, slap, slap, and then they go to the line, that would be Earhart Perkins. So I know I didn't really answer the question, but I kind of just explained the complication with even trying to answer the question. I think there are general concepts, but there's so much variety. I wouldn't be surprised if you could have an Air Coriel offense be more similar to one West Coast offense than one West Coast offense is to another West Coast offense, if that makes sense. As in, you know, the Raiders under McDaniel and Devontae and all that, they're closer to what the 49ers do 
than the 49ers are to what Kansas City is. And Kansas City and San Francisco are West Coast, and the Raiders are Earhart Perkins. I don't know that. I'm just saying, you know, I I think that is a potentially real statement. And the complication is even trying to find the information. It's not listed anywhere because teams don't like pigeonholing themselves with we run West Coast or we do this um, because they're they're too good for that. But but I think for, for legitimate reasons, because it, it really doesn't do justice to what they do. Anyways, final caller of the night. What's going on, Omar? Hey, this is Omar the Firefighter. What's up? Calling with my quickest call ever. Dang. Uh, if you feel bad about our offense, people, just remember, this might make you feel a little bit better, that the Jets didn't even average three inches in the second half <laughs> against the Patriots. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure every guy that called that's a Packer fan is at least averaging more than Two point seven seven inches, <laughs> but that's not my business. Either way, God bless. No pack go. Yeah, we 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 are uh, we're talking football here, talking football stuff. Um, no, I did hear that, and that is pretty ridiculous. And um, I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback get eviscerated the way that uh, what's his name is getting eviscerated over there for the Jets, and that's saying something. Because the Jets have had a long history of really bad quarterbacks. And potentially this is the worst one, which is shocking. Um, but he was he was the guy last year that made me upset because he was the only reason I couldn't call Justin Fields the worst quarterback in football. And now I think he's even worse than he was last year. I mean, it's, it's so brutal how bad he is. Um, and you look at, I mean, it's everything we say about Aaron Rodgers Every single flaw that that you see with not hitting the open guy, getting panicked in the pocket, he's like that ramped up to 11. So yeah, I I saw that they, what the heck, there were so many crazy stats that I couldn't even believe. Something like 30 yards in the second half or something, and yeah, it was, they averaged 2.77 inches per play or something ridiculous. So I don't even know, man. That's that's pretty brutal. And I, you, you got to feel bad for Jets fans because, I mean, you don't have to. But they got Sala, they got Shanahan, or Luffler, excuse me. So they, they got the new defense, the new, they're, they're the new 49ers. They got the flashy new quarterback. They got the wide receiver. They got all this stuff. And I even said, they got a really good team, man. They got a really good roster. But... This quarterback, I mean, it doesn't matter how good you are. If your quarterback is this bad, you go nowhere. And that's the the Jets situation right now. And I haven't really checked up on how their guys are playing, but um, I think they have a lot of potential. They have, you know, experienced, talented coaches. They have experienced, talented players, and they're not going anywhere because of their quarterback. Anyways, that's it. I appreciate all the calls. I don't know if we were going to be able to have enough to get through, but we did. A little long-winded today, and that's what we needed. Thank you for the pie question. <laughs> that saved us. Anyways, you guys have yourselves a fantastic day. Uh, make sure you don't wear any skirts or pigtails, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.